Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. This is our 106th official episode. Today we're here with... Blake Buchanan's good friend and college teammate Olivier Saar, who is a current NBA player, and he spent last season on a two-way contract with the OKC Thunder. So thanks for coming on, Olivier. Appreciate you for having me. Thank you. Let's get right into it. So Olivier grew up in France and now is living in the U.S., spent, spent his college time at Wake Forest in Kentucky. Um, but let's start with, with what it's like transitioning from playing in Europe to the ACC. Um and, and the kind of quote, first question I want to start with is Luka Doncic had a quote recently that went kind of viral about him saying that it's actually easier to score in the U.S. And, and in the NBA than it was for him in, in the EuroLeague. And so I want to get your input on the rule changes and, and how it's different playing back home versus in the U.S. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's different. It's, it's for sure it's different. Luka, what he said was it's easier to score in the NBA than in Europe because like the the rules are different like the you can't stay for three seconds and and just just that one just that rule changes everything it opens up like blow buys and drives and kick out like he's a playmaker so I can definitely see that I, I definitely understand how it affects his game coming from Europe uh in SEP in high school and coming to the ACC was I mean it took me it really took me two years and a half I got hurt my sophomore season, uh, and I was starting to really, like, get used to the pace of the game, the physicality, and just, like, the way people play in the States. It's, it's really different. It's really more, like, individually, if you can make the difference, you're going to make the difference. It doesn't matter if the shot clock says – it does. I mean, the coach the coach will tell you, you know, like, you don't want to take a long two, with, I don't know, 18 on the clock or something. But it's like it's really like you, if you can make the difference individually, then then you go ahead. Whereas in Europe, it's really more relying on the plays and making sure you move the ball and like beautiful basketball, like that that, that type of brand of basketball that sometimes takes away the individual talent. Really, you so say you would think it would be more in the U.S. There's there's more of a looser leash, whereas in Europe, there's a tighter leash. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. For, for for most players, yeah. I, I'd say so because because of the way like how fast it is and how I mean if you look at point average people I mean it's four times it's four quarters of 12 minutes in the NBA but I'm sure if you if, if it was four quarters of 10 minutes it would be higher scoring because the, the pace of the game is different everybody's going fast uh one pass you, if you're open you shoot it if you transition it's, it's really fast so it's it's more opportunities for you as a scorer, because we're only talking about scoring right now, but as, as a scorer, to score more points, it's, it's that simple. If you could take, like, kind of cherry pick your favorite parts of the European game and your favorite parts of the U.S. game, what would that look like if you were just to take the best parts of each? I think what I really like with the European game is, like, not everybody has high IQ, but it's, like, most of the time, it's, it's like I said, it's a really good brand of basketball and the way the ball moves and 
sometimes it's too much. You got to find the right, the right balance. But if I take the best of every world, I say the, like how aggressive people are in the States, how confident in their game they are, how skilled they are, how skilled they get as far as like ball handling, as far as going to the rim, finding their spots, uh, getting shots like off and, and just like how dynamic it is, lobs and, and all that, you know, like very athletic and, but also like one-on-one straight to it, like purity of the game. If you could use that and kind of like just put smart players that make smart plays and have fun just moving the ball together and just punishing the defense when when it's making a mistake or making the defense make a mistake, I'll say. So next, let's move on to your experience playing at Kentucky. On opening day of last season, Kentucky had the most players uh, of any school in the NBA um, with 27. And in my personal bias for Duke, I have to mention here that we were second with 22, but but Kentucky had us beat out. So what's it what's it like having been and spent one year at Kentucky? And then how does that community transfer over to the NBA? And how did that open up opportunities for you uh, at the next the next level? It really is amazing. I mean, truly grateful for all my years at Wake, and Wake is always his family. Like, went back on campus, and I know most people, it's just really family. But like, that one year at Kentucky, like the impact that it has, like, it's just like a, like a stamp on your player passport that's like, you went to Kentucky, you, you got baptized by fire, especially our season. But it's like, it's kind of like that, that respect, like, you're, you're one of Coach Kyle's players, you're one of Kentucky's players, you there is that identity that a lot of Kentucky players in the league have and and that is really I think respected. But you, all, you you have to show it, you have to prove it. And that's what most of the guys do, even though we had a bad bad season, a bad year. When you look at it, we have what, three guys in the NBA? Should have been four. And three guys that are doing really good. So it, it shows how much Kentucky like produces guys years after years that are most of the time closer to being ready. I was going to say like, oh yeah, like four years at Wake compared to just, or three years at Wake compared to just one year at Kentucky. Like, oh yeah, like that's not much time. But then I was like, all of them just spent one year at Kentucky anyways. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But did you feel at some point like, like the older sibling in the room or like, like, cause you being four years in college within you know, a room of majority freshmen. Like, was that a different dynamic or no? Yeah, no, for sure it was. Yeah. It was for sure, especially, you know, you get comfortable. You're three years in out of school. I mean, I would have, ne- I mean, I wasn't planning on transferring at all. And it was, it was different. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, and also like individually, you know, like there's some stuff that I know, I mean, Blake knows. It's like, I'm like, how can I say about my business, you know, like chill guy. I mean, you know, nothing, nothing crazy about my lifestyle. It's just like, it was very, very, sometimes very different with the way that uh, the freshmen, you know, coming from high school, five stars, most of them and all that, how to, you know, relate with them at times. But it was at the end, like we made it work and I still have great relationships with my teammates. Which of those teammates are you kind of most proud of um, as, as I assume sort of a mentor as one of the older guys on the team and who are some of the teammates that you think don't get enough love in general from NBA fans? Like who should, who should be on our radar that might, that might not be. 
I don't know. I mean, it's BJ Boston, Isaiah Jackson, and me right now. But, I mean, both of these guys, it was just – I wouldn't say – I mean, I was a mentor. Yeah, I mean, sure, they, they would ask me questions or maybe look up sometimes to – I don't know, like just the experience in college. But, they, I mean, it's not that they have it, had it figure it out, but they already had a great work ethic. Uh, they knew they they had goals and they I mean they were driven. They it's not like they needed me, you know. But um, I'm I'm very proud of of BJ. I'm very proud of Isaiah. I know it's um, we went through a lot as far as a team uh, at the end of the season, and I know it took a toll on BJ. And I'm I'm really happy to see where he's at now. And he really found a family with the Clippers and same for Isaiah with the Pacers. I mean, I just love them and just hope for the best for them. I don't know if you've ever seen, there's an ESPN 30 for 30 on Coach Cal. That's one of my favorites. Um, and it goes into really good detail about how, despite all the controversies he's been surrounded by in his career, how he's how he's changed the game and he's created the like the, this, this one and done trend and really revolutionized college basketball and what a positive impact he's had on so many of his players. So I wanted to know like what it is about him that makes him I don't know, still so still so lovable and such a great recruiter and and just creates such like a, a winning atmosphere and and makes him one of the best coaches in the NCAA, no matter what stop it's been along his career. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's the same thing for the people that hate him and like hate him or love him. It's going to, you're going to have Coach Cal. He's going to be his self. Doesn't matter the situation. Like he's consistent in the way he recruits player and players and how it always, always, every year, something comes out. Like, he has a player, two, three, sometimes four, even more. Like, it, it's just the way he cares, how, I say, transparent he is with the players, uh, how how much he, like, he shows his love and passion in certain ways that sometimes you may, you may not understand at first, but he he's really passionate and dedicated to helping us for sure so at kentucky uh and and for three years at wake you got a lot of experience in college um and you know in 2022 it's kind of rare for a four-year player to then go into the league compared to what it was you know 20 years ago what was it like to go from being the oldest guy in the locker room by three years to all of a sudden being the youngest guy in the locker room by a few years um even though the thunder were a young team but of course you know you older guys there too it's so like what what was that time in it was it was weird but at the same time like spending four years in college definitely helped me um to just coming from another country different culture and all that you know just being able to relate with teammates all the teammates younger teammates uh being in the situation that i was at wake my junior year kind of being a leader being a leader and then going to kentucky with guys that I didn't really know at first, freshmen, you know, different backgrounds and all that. So it definitely, all these years in college definitely prepared me for the, for the NBA. It went well. I mean, I got lucky to be with high school teammates that I was with in France and play for the national team with them, Teo Maladon and, and Jalen at Wake too. So it was like, it was, it was a great, easy transition for me. And like you said, the Thunder, we were like, like a college team as far as age, like, I'm sure I'm sure there's a college team in the country that was older older on average than than we were for sure. Especially with, with COVID rules, right? You got like sixty year seniors. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I was gonna say, do you think 
it was beneficial. Like you mentioned coming from France and having those cool French connections with your Thunder teammates, but do you think you were much more prepared for like being away from home in France after staying four years in college than you would have been if you jumped to the league immediately as a one and done? For sure. <laughs> Bro, absolutely. What? Like if and we have these conversations sometimes. It's like, do you realize I tell my parents and my brother like how difficult it would be for me, like coming from France, I don't know, played pro instead of going to college and then going to the NBA, hopefully, and like just getting used to the it's just the little stuff. Like you don't realize like it took me a lot of time in college, really, to be to understand English the way people speak it, not the way I learned in school, like the formal way, you know, like that that part already. And then once you understand the language, is finding the confidence to talk to people, knowing that there's some words that I'm going to screw up for short that mm-hmm. I'm, I might still today to this day, and it's like still having the confidence to talk, and then. We're playing basketball, so you have to talk to your teammates. You have to be comfortable talking to your teammates. You have to, you know, all that confidence. And then you want to be a leader, so you definitely have to talk more. Like, that's why I took public speaking classes and stuff like it. It sounds cliche, but it definitely helped me. Like, it took, it took like, two good years until I really got comfortable and grew into, like, the player that I, I wanted to be. So, yes, like, coming from France to college here before going to the league definitely helped me for sure. I, yeah, I'd never thought about that. That that must be like such a tough jump for guys. Like even in this year's draft, like is it another hurdle to over to overcome that just you know American players just don't even have to deal with? They can just focus on basketball. Yeah, it's like yeah. some guys play for the home team. I yeah, I can never say I play for the home team. We don't even have a pro team where I'm from. Like yeah. when I think about it, I'm like that would be amazing. You grew up there, you play for that team. You know most people in that city. I mean, that's just that's just amazing. So, yeah, people. I think most American guys take that for granted, but it's truly it's truly a blessing for real that to have the NBA in America. That's for the guys that are American. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, I, I we appreciate you coming on to the podcast, and and I'm glad that your your three years at Wake both introduced you to Blake, and then and then gave you the public speaking and. In confidence to come to come talk with us. Appreciate it. He speaks better English than sure. I do now. <laughs> yeah, Blake that little Blake got that little uh, redneck accent. <laughs> little my draw. I wanted to uh, I wanted to hype you up a little bit though. Um, in in, in kind of as we move towards your NBA career. Um, in twenty two games last year that you played for the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, and you started two of them. You logged nineteen minutes per game. And my favorite stat, uh, as I as I kind of looked over your resume, um, Nikola Jokic last season shot 58-34-81 uh, with 62% effective field goal percentage, 58-34-81, um, while you shot 57-45-83 on 64% effective field goal percentage. So a guy who's widely considered to be one of the most effective scorers, one of the most efficient offensive players in the league, two-time MVP, um, if you look at just just the straight up efficiency numbers, uh, you're you're on par and maybe even edging edging him out. So so I want to give you props there. But <laughs> and bring up the per thirty sixes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Honestly, I should have I should have dove into the uh, 
into into the minute by minute numbers too. But but what is it that makes you you think uh, so efficient? Go ahead, Blake. I got this I mean, one. Though. I mean, I mean, he's got that dog in him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I I mean, it's it's more about like, um, like again, but going to college definitely helped me. I didn't have all all of that coming in and like the post game and all that you know, poison the game and all that. I think it's just a, a, a mix of everything. I think it's just a mix, mix of everything. I'm lucky to be blessed with height. And my skill set definitely helps me being versatile and being able to face different coverages on defense, whether it's against a, a true center or against a small ball, small ball starting five mm. or anything like that. I feel like I, I can be a um, vertical spacer, like off of lobs. I can shoot the three I can make good reads off the dribble handoff I can attack I mean so all these tools that that I've built throughout the years I think are really relatable to the NBA and and I think that's that's why it's showing this way and hopefully I'll keep getting more and more and more efficient what's what's the the element of your game maybe the skill that you think is the most underrated or what's the thing that you're spending this offseason looking to improve the most what are you focusing on my body, <laughs> my body. Uh, I mean, you can work on shooting and definitely, uh, I mean, my whole game has to improve all the time every year. You got to work on my ball handling. You got to work on my IQ. You got to work on making quicker reads, uh, the great read at a better, a quicker time and finding my teammates when they're open off cuts, when I'm at the top of the key and, and stuff like that. And that's just watching film and, 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 and playing more basketball, really. Mm-hmm. But other than that, Really, for me, it's, it's just keep building my body. Um, you know, you get that small window and, until a certain, certain age that you really need, need to max out the, the, the gains in, in the weight room, as Blake would know. Such a big guy. Uh, <laughs> but um, it, it really is, for me, is focusing on, on getting my body right, being able to play against these these other guys like like, like the, the Giannis, the, the Marcus Cousins, Steven Adams, Sabonis, like these guys, are, I mean, grown men, strong men, and it's just being able to to compete in that category, and, and then having the skill set that I have would definitely be a big jump for me, and 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 I know that's the next step. So that's the biggest thing for me. When you came into the league, like, what was the guy that was like, oh, like this is this is the best basketball league in the world? Was it them specifically? Was it another player that you like shared the floor with, or even in a game where uh, you were mainly on the bench, like just seeing it up close? Like, or was there a specific moment where you were on the court and someone did something? And you're like, damn man! Like, every every day, <laughs> every day, like when even even if when it's not game day, just walking into the practice facility, you're like, wow, that's the best job league in the world. Like, I'm living life. That's, I'm blessed. Like every day, really. Then you go into the arena, you see your jersey with your name on the back. Like you're like, wow, that's in the name of the franchise in the front. It's just crazy. Like every day is a blessing. But I mean, as far as players and there's so many great players in the NBA right now. And I haven't played against every single one of them yet. Not all the teams, because I only played twenty two games last season. But I mean, Steven Adams, man, he He's strong. He's just he, a, he might he's be just the force of nature in the league. Yeah, he's yeah. There's he's a, just a force of nature. 
I don't know exactly how many siblings he has, but I, I know he's like he's the youngest of like 13 or 17 siblings or something like that. And you know, like coming from Australia, he just has a huge family and he's the youngest one. Yeah. So I think I think New it Zealand. probably comes a little New bit from, from yeah, from New Zealand. Sorry. But he comes from comes from fighting his older siblings a little bit, I'm sure. But he is a brick wall, the definition of a brick wall, setting screens and all that. So that's a good yeah. pick. Yeah, I mean it's it's him, but I mean there's there's a lot of them. I mean, like I said, like the big guys, but I mean, it's a lot of guys that are really like different, like built differently, and like, you have to. You, that's why the weight room is really important for my position, playing center. Like you playing against grown men, and that's that's the biggest step for sure. Have you ever seen photos of Stephen Adams from like his rookie and sophomore year <laughs> in the NBA? Like man, before just, tattoos, man, before no, man, no facial man. hair. Man, the Big VC change. upgrade, the man yeah, went to the 2K store. Y'all, y'all take that. Tattoo. Y'all take the picture now. Y'all, y'all picture yeah. me right now because it might change like drastically. Yeah. So, okay, so, 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 so give us a sneak preview. If if you were to if you no, were to spend, change up your look, what would it be? <laughs> man, no. no one's gonna recognize you not, on the spot. Not a thing. My my mom will probably kill me. So not a thing. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Gotta keep the parents happy Damn. for sure. For sure. <laughs> You're on a two-way contract, which means you kind of can you have access to both the G League and the NBA. Um, is that hard to kind of balance? Where one night, you know, your minutes are very restricted, uh, and then when you get in, you're playing against the Giannis's of the world, and then another night you have to go to a different location, different stadium, etc. Um, probably get a lot more run, a lot more tick, um, but you're playing against different, still like elite level talent. How do you balance those two? How does that affect your game? And do you have different aims on a night-to-night basis? So that's interesting you're saying that because I never really experienced that. I had two 10 days, so I was strictly with the NBA. Yeah. I think they called me back one game in Santa Cruz. And he he brought down the I golf can't remember. game. I did. That's the game you brought down the golf. I did. <laughs> I had 19 boards that game. For sure I did. But the wow. thing was – after the All-Star break, they called me and they signed me on a two-way. And after that, I never played with the G League again. So I never I never did the thing where the guys go back yeah. and forth and then change. And then, like, that's – I never experienced that. That's crazy. And that's yeah. – that's, that, I mean, that's a great question. I wish I, <laughs> I could answer it. But yeah. I'm sure it's a, it's a crazy rhythm. Because, like, some guys would play the – some guys would play with the G League um, that day, and then at night they have to be suited up for the game, for the NBA game. <laughs> Their legs are gonna fall off, man. Sometimes they Clearly. might. I mean, most of the time they they won't play, but sometimes they might. Like you, you never know. You always want to be ready, you know. Clearly, it's a frustrating experience for you because the one game you did have to do it, you brought down a goal in Santa Cruz <laughs> and delayed the game for thirty minutes. So. So small game. sample size. Took out his, took think, out his anger. It's pretty clear. <laughs> for for it thirty six, his num his bringing down the gold numbers go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> advanced advanced metrics, analytics, even advanced more advanced. efficient than Jokic. Very, yeah. very advanced. <laughs> uh, so, so then, so then, going back over to the NBA, tell us about who your favorite guy to play with this year was, or, or maybe you have a few, but. But on a team with a lot of young and up-and-coming guys, who is somebody that made you better and somebody that you that you really had good chemistry with or something? That's biased, but I have to give a shout-out to my man, Theo Maladon. I mean, my there point guard from back home, played, played in high school mm-hmm. together, played for the first national team, 
who were roommates played together. So, I mean, if you look at the highlights, every time, most of the time I'm scoring off of, off of a pick and roll or pick and pop, most of the time pick and roll. It's, it's, it's his pass. He's finding me. So I appreciate him for sure. So that's, that's tail. And then it's always special, like playing, playing with a guy that you played with in high school, dreaming about the NBA and all that. And then rookie year playing together. Like that's just, I mean, that's amazing. So, so I'm hearing at some point, at some point in your career, you gotta, you gotta team back up with Teo, huh? For sure. Not, that's not just, that, not that's just coming. in France, but. Yeah. National team, NBA, pro-ams, shoot. Everywhere, anywhere. I don't know if you're allowed to play in pro-ams anymore. I know, buddy. I know. Let's not, let's not go <laughs> on that. Let's, I knew. As soon as I said that, I knew you were going to say something. <laughs> Let's not just try to, I'm just trying to protect you, okay? Uh-huh. The 94 <laughs> feet hoops pro am. Oh gosh. <laughs> Thank you. Now that one you can that one you can play. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. My agent said I can't. <laughs> said no, you're right. Yeah. I won't even come. I did want to ask also about the Thunder. So the one the one thing that's that's tough about about playing a uh, playing on the Thunder this past season, as much as it's, I'm sure great playing with a lot of young players. The Thunder were towards the bottom of the league in terms of the in terms of the standings. Just wanted to ask, and maybe this is a sensitive question, but like, how is it? How did the how does the team like keep morale up, and how does how does everybody stay positive when the wins don't come as frequently as maybe you're used to in in college or in high school or or at any other level? It's kind of it's kind of hard to say, really. Like for me coming in, there was so much so so much excitement and mm-hmm. like. I could feel at some point. I, I don't think we won the first couple of games, and I was like, "All right, like I don't know how long that it will last, but I'm, I'm trying to get a win." Like, you know, like first few games, like you want to win. You don't want you want to have a great game, but you want to win. Like, winning mm-hmm. matters. I feel like to me, maybe I'm still fresh out of college, and that's that's my mindset. But it it will always be about winning, and it's kind of I don't know. It's kind of tough. There's no there's a draft too, so it's like so many stuff going on. But like, I mean, losing sucks. I've done that at Wake, done that at Kentucky. <laughs> like, I'm not like I want. I don't want that to be part of who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like now winning in in the NBA is something that I really I'm looking forward. Even though sometimes it's it's out of your out of your reach and out out of your um, you know you, you can't do anything about it. Just, just play better, get better, and but the guys were. It's just always like, all right, next game, move on, next game, get ready for next game. There's so many games coming up, so it's really like next game, next up mentality. Of the, of the OKC guys, who is like the funniest dude in the locker room, or like, like everyone, or like loudest, like who, who's who has a big presence in there? I mean, Shay, Shay's, okay. Shay is loud. He's funny. Uh, Fashion tips. Bays, Bays is funny. Bays, 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 yeah, Bays is funny. Um, I mean, we had a Trey, no, nah, Trey Man, Trey Man is hilarious. Trey Man is hilarious. Trey Man and A A Wiggs, Aaron Wiggins, both of them. That's a, that's a special duo right here. They they're hilarious. <laughs> that's I dope. love. Them. Yeah. Damn. Check out our last film Friday. It's Trey Man catching a lob on one of OKC's actions, and you can say, "Oh, get up." There we go. There we go. Just quick plug. He did his great vertical team, spacing. The vertical exactly spacing. I think on was, the bench. I, think that was the game I, I didn't at. mention. I didn't mention on the court or off the court. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, well, we'll let the viewers 
you know, just look at it for themselves and find out. But I think that was that was in DC, right? That was in DC. You were the yeah, you were at the game. Yeah, it was fun. I got I, I got stuck in COVID, but it was worth it because like the day after I got out is when oh just got his first first second ten day. Is that your second ten day? It was I my second because so. I didn't play. I didn't play much my second ten day. Yeah, because he got his just his second ten day right in time for me to get out of COVID, and I got to go watch him watch him play and That's hang out with him a little bit. That's sick at uh, at Capital One. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. where that's where Georgetown plays too. So we we go over there all the time to watch the games. Hopefully, you had a better time. Sorry, you play in the same <laughs> arena. Yeah, as the Wizards. I didn't know that. Yeah, which is it's cool. Like it's dope that it's an NBA stadium, but at the same time, like we we can't fill that thing up. Like we <laughs> we we have seven thousand undergraduate students. That that container, <laughs> the arena holds double that. So we we can't fill yeah, it. Like our we have a solid fan base, but it doesn't feel like it because. It's just a big ass stadium. Let's shift over to sort of the the post game, your life outside of basketball. Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, about the trip that you got that you and Blake went on together, about your hobbies uh, and about your love of the outdoors? Shoot, yeah, we went to Colorado with Blake with for what a, a week, less than a week. Went to the house, went to the lodge in, in Keystone. I mean, it was great just being out there, just in nature, with great people, people that that I love, and playing cards, eating good food, hiking, chilling, eating, uh, having my cameras with me, taking pictures. You know, I, I kind of like film photography. It's just another thing that takes me out of the 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 routine from every day and give me another perspective on stuff that I like beautiful stuff that I see around the during my you know during my stay on this earth and I just like to I just like to document that because like our lives like lifestyle is so crazy and, and different from another person and it's just like we're traveling so much and I don't get to see my family all the time and then I see my family and people that I love and friends that I made and all that. So it's, it's always, it's always different. And I feel like film photography just it's, it's perfect to just document that is that I, I don't, I don't want to spend my time on the screen and looking at my pictures and all that. It's just capturing the moment and then moving on and then having the surprise to get the scans back, seeing the pictures and sending them to the people that are in the pictures. It's just incredible feeling. So I just, I really love that. And the outdoors, I mean, since Ever since I was growing up, going with my grand uncle, my grandma, and my my brother, my my family, my parents, and just that's where my my grandma's from in in France. And it's just I don't know, it's, it's something about nature allowing me to reconnect, clean cleanse my energy, having great great vibes, great energy, and just just it's just me with myself and my thoughts and reconnecting with with just. You know, kind of of a reset. So, just being in the moment, little stuff, being present, enjoying little stuff, little time, and being grateful. That's it. If if anyone wants to go check out some of his uh, photography work, it's at Visuals by Sar on Instagram. It's pretty sweet because what a lame shout out. Y'all will see it. That's a big time shout out. Um, (laughs) But like, he's taking photos. He's got like Paris, downtown Paris. He's got uh, some beautiful 
uh, aquatic life off the coast of Santa Barbara when we was working out there. And then aquatic pictures life. from us in, in Estes Park. Um, so, like, he's got all the versatility you could ask for. So, it is, like, I don't know, that's something I enjoy about Onai's friendship is, like, he definitely is a person of substance wherever it is. I mean, when he puts his mind to something, whether it's like being a better fisherman or being a better photographer mm. or learning like literally anything, he gets to expert level faster and faster than I ever could. Um, not, so shuffling he's definitely, cards. not shuffling cards. Yeah. That's <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cards. But I mean, what like of all the trips you've been on, and I know, especially even just from this summer, uh, Boston, New York, Colorado, like what kind of stood out to you the most? What did you take away from it all? I can't, I can't just pinpoint one of them. I think it was just like being in the in places that are different from my everyday life with with the people that I love and sharing these moments. It was just like there's something unique, like whether it was Boston with my family, Santa Barbara, and. Colorado than New York it was just like I was always surrounded with people that I, that I knew and that I loved the company and it was just like with my girl being out there it was just it was just a great great summer and it's always like that like even if I'm not home it's something that leaving home early like taught me that it's just home is wherever you make it you know with mm. the people that you you enjoy and but that's what I'm trying to do and Blake his family I mean I can't never thank them enough. He he doesn't say much about that, but during quarantine when COVID hit, I can he he invited me for like what two days, two, three a week maybe at first. And then that week turned into a into two weeks, into a month, two months, three months. And then I just I was just being I was just a part of the family. And like his parents were just I mean, they're like my parents now. It's just my second family, my family in America, you know, and it's just stuff like that, you know, like I don't I'm not home, but I'm home. It is what it is. And it's just people making it amazing for me. So, yeah. I, mean, I know yeah, it's cool for me. Like, I think so much of what people from the outside view you as is a basketball player. But, like, my family and the people that get to truly know you understand that you're way more than that. Um, so, just, like, cool to appreciate. And that's what we try to highlight on this podcast. I'm obviously – we want to talk about basketball, talk about your career, but you especially are someone who has so many other passions. And I think it's just important to highlight those, whether it is your photography or what, uh, how, how many pounds is that fish you caught over at Crowsdale? The best? Yeah, the best. Well, I like to say it was 13, but now that I see other guys catching 10 pounders, <laughs> it kind of looked like a between yeah. 12 and uh, maybe eleven, thirteen. It, some, it was a like generous that. scale. Yeah, yeah. We'll say we'll say at least twelve. But I know stuff the like scale, that. That said thirteen. Scale said thirteen. There so there you go. We'll Numbers go never lie. Go ahead. We'll go with that. Go ahead. But but no, I mean I think that stuff's just like when people get to know that about you, they can see the whole person rather than just a seven foot tall guy um, who is decently good at basketball, but handsome. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that's it's supposed to be something we bond over, not debate about. Um, We're letting the podcast well, get to his head. Yeah, I know exactly. 
yeah check that humility uh, bro um <laughs> that's yeah. visuals so, by sar on instagram i mean you did bring up quarantine i do want to give the use a chance to shout out my mom what's your favorite dish from the kate buchanan repertoire <laughs> the salmon the salmon is the just, salmon oh I mean, the so salmon gross. is just it's so healthy so good it, it's just crispy enough but soft i mean man it's just you know it's great it's just amazing perfectly done well done i mean it's perfect salmon's high level bro so you're you're a That's fisherman what... and you love salmon is is there a bucket list item of like going to catch your own salmon and cooking it is that <laughs> is that something that you're going to do at some point sure maybe <laughs> yeah i mean it's if it happens it happens i mean if it's salmon or another fish and uh yeah absolutely he'll, he'll catch and no, just get no Blake's fish mom is safe. To do it. <laughs> no fish is safe yeah i'll probably you don't want me to fillet it or gut it or it, it might be it might look ugly i might ruin the fish so yeah i catch it <laughs> <laughs> what's what's your favorite meal because i think it's a bigger part of french culture is to cook yourself rather than to run in mcdonald's um like some other countries do not naming who but what's your favorite dish to cook <sighs> my favorite dish you should have said to eat Cook is different. Um, give us both. I don't yeah, know. I mean, when I do cook, I, I I make some pasta with, I mean, any type of sauce, whether it's onions, mushroom, and like a little bit of sour cream, just something, you know, mm. some chicken with it. I learned. I, I taught Blake how to cook chicken. Just just dropping this right here. Wow. That is true. That was like going into my oh, freshman yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was, uh, we're, it was a pretty... we, we're coming from a, from far way i'm so proud <laughs> oh, of you, my, my, I'm very my proud of you glow up has been incredible because now i can cook salmon like three four different yeah. type of ways but wow. coming in there i was like burnt less burnt raw and well what's the other one close to right edible <laughs> <laughs> No, no, uh, no we've, we've come a long way. But the, the 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 dish that I that I love is when my dad, my mom make is chicken yasa and mafe. Uh, my dad is from Senegal. I mixed. My mom is from France and Spain, and my dad is from Senegal. So that is that's a Senegalese dish, and it's just heaven, amazing. Are you are you ever gonna do like a Anytime. cooking TV show like Surge? Serge Vaca. Ooh. You know, I might. It's a great I might. question. I might. I might honestly teaching y'all some some stuff. Crabs. That would be some, some great content things. for uh for ninety four feet hoops. Break, yeah. <laughs> breaking the breaking the French breaking the French cuisine stereotypes in the states. You know, definitely y'all. Yeah, I should do that for the people. How inaccurate is the American slash just any country's perception of French cuisine? Or even French culture, like like what's like a big misconception? It's not as inaccurate, but it's like y'all y'all will have a restaurant and put le in front of burger, and it will be ten dollars more. Like it will be <laughs> the burger is six bucks, le burger is like sixteen dollars, and extra <laughs> toppings it's like a kidney and like nah, bro. It's just it's like y'all associate us with like uh, luxury, and I mean it may. We do have, I mean, all the houses of, I mean, Louis Vuitton and 
and all these other high-end clothing line and cologne and, and our food and all that. But, like, I think as far as food, y'all really – like, I don't like – like, people here going to a French restaurant, it's, like, always expensive, not a lot, and it doesn't taste like French food. It's, like, y'all just made something up, kind of, like mm. – but it's it's to our, our advantage because it's – y'all make it seem like it's really that high. So, thank you, guys. You know, <laughs> it is – it is really great quality, but yeah, definitely, definitely some marketing there. The commercialization of French culture. Fine with me. That's fine with me. I, I also feel like, like, why is the, why is like the mime this big thing? Like, why is that like a top five thing that like a, nope. you teach your kid about France? I don't know. Do you know, Seaflin? Did you have the same Olivia, experience? I wouldn't. That would not be in the first five things I thought of with with France. At really? all, to be honest, I, I get I'm where he's coming from, and that like I'm lost. I don't I've know what y'all talking about. The you yeah, know the this people... is funny. Olivia has no idea. Yeah, so clearly, well, clearly it's wrong. A mime is like somebody who like for oh, comedy, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, pretends yeah, like they're yeah. in a box or whatever, yeah, yeah, like yeah, pulls the yeah, rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The black, black and white. <laughs> exactly. Because uh, I feel like they always place those people in front, of, like the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's what I I know you mean originally, but I see where you're coming from, Connor. I feel like it's always in the movies and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I probably so saw more people doing this in New York than in France. There you go. That's a good call. That's a good call. No, I would think like the first five things that people would people would think of like bread, like baguettes. Um, and then they would think of what's what are the hats called? Um berets. Berets. And then yeah, but like berets. like the the like horizontal striped shirts, the like where's Waldo looking ones. Um <laughs> Like a, a, I don't know, some some art, maybe some maybe a nice mustache going. No, dude, like, if, yeah. like I don't know, I'm I'm looking up like French like wallpapers or like graphics or stuff, and like there's an Eiffel <laughs> Tower, there's Tower, a flag, cheese, Arthur Triumph, wine, like, croissant, and then there's a mime there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so know. Olivier is here to tell us that that mimes are actually not very French at all. No, 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 no! I'm not saying that. Don't, because I'm, I might get lynched because I said that, and it's actually a big French thing. I'm just, I might just, I might just be ignorant. So that's not in your experience. No. In your experience, yeah. not many, not many mimes around. Maybe in Paris. Maybe in Paris. Okay, I haven't spent okay. that, much, that much time in Paris. But maybe so, Paris. so us Americans, I feel like the, the first place we think of in France is is Paris. Uh, what's what's an underrated city? What where should where should more people be traveling when they're when they're over in Europe? Bordeaux. I mean, everybody talks about mm. France and talk about wine. I don't. I mean, I, I don't drink wine like that. I don't drink wine. But Bordeaux is just the world capital of red wine vineyards, and you got the ocean right next to it. Great city, like a small Paris, clean, great people, great specialties as far as food. I mean, it's just where I grew up. Bordeaux is just Bordeaux and Toulouse, just great cities. Everybody talk about Nice and Paris and Cannes and Southeast and Paris. Everything else, nobody checks it out. It's kind of sad. Exactly. So y'all let me know. Yeah, like, oh, if there's anything else you want to talk about, yeah, you, want to say, you want to give, um, I don't know, any concluding thoughts? I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to give you guys my why, you know, talk about basketball and all the stuff mm. that we do, but we you know, talk about while we playing the game and what what's driving us every day. I'm, I'm here in Atlanta with my little brother. He goes to overtime elite. And we, we as I was saying, we got family in, in Senegal and I got family in France. But I'm really, 
we with my brother we were both really you know fighting every day and competing as hard as we can just to so we can show them that there's a a better life for the people that work for what they want and dream big like big big dreams because because it's just achievable and i just want them to see that if you put your mind and put work hard to it it's going to pay off um even though they don't have the same you know same chances that uh, that um that i had uh, that's that's on me and my brother to help them you know have the with our platform to put them in a position that they can be successful but it's for them to have the tools and educate themselves to be ready when the time comes and the opportunity comes to be successful so that's that's really why why we we're doing what we're doing with my brother we really it's it's we're really it's bigger than us we're really on the mission and trying to carry on what my our dad did coming from senegal to go to france and it's just the same thing for us from france to go to senate from france to go to the states you know it's not not doing a better life but following our dreams really and, and i want them to, to see that and do the same things and hopefully have a great life so yeah Wow. Yeah, I mean, it definitely Inspiring. requires bravery to do it. what your dad did, what you and Alex are doing right now. Um, but you guys have all the right intentions in mind behind it. And already come a long way. I think we're all blessed to be a part of it. Um, and we can't see, wait to see how you end up, like, helping all this, all your family back home. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Blake. Yeah, we're yeah. looking for what's, for what's to come, Olivia. Oh. Thank you again so much for coming on. Yeah. It's been It's been yeah. really fun talking to you. Yeah. Thank you. Great. I mean, great, great podcast, guys. Love what (laughs) y'all doing here. Y'all guys are prepared for sure, ready with all the advanced stats and and everything else. I mean, great job. I'm 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 excited for y'all for real. Y'all young and it's great. It's great. That's what's up, man. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Space Floor NBA podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Uh we're on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And you can find us on Instagram at Space Floor Podcast and Twitter at Space Floor. And thank you so much. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. And see you guys next time. Peace.